Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. Welcome back to The Motivated Mind, a top 100 health podcast. Thanks to each of you. This is episode 290, and I'm your host, Scott Lynch. Thanks so much for listening. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe or follow button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you want to hear more of. And please be sure to share the podcast. This is a special and unique episode that I think you all will find a lot of value in. I had the opportunity to jump on the Blueprint podcast with Elliot Marshall, an entrepreneur and former UFC fighter, and I share the story behind why I started this podcast. This conversation is one of great importance because it provides color behind the fuel that keeps me going each week. It gives context to my story and journey and how I found my power and how I've harnessed it. Most importantly, I share how I turned the traumatic experience of losing my best friend to suicide into something positive. I hope you all enjoy our conversation. A quick content warning. This episode contains discussion of death and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. If you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts and need support, please call 988 or visit 988lifeline.org. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Scott, my man, how are you? I'm doing well, Elliot. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing well, man. You know, I do. Uh, I always do a little research on my guests, like you know, when my team sends me the list. But yours was literally the first sentence. You know, um, a friend who took his life. You know, and then you went down. Uh, one, and I guess it's a twofold thing. One, because I am a person who I, I just told you a second ago who can greatly suffer from uh, some difficult mental health struggle, and then two. Uh, I lost my best friend in 2000 and in 2020. So right, right. Mm. Not from 
not from necessarily mental health struggle, but yeah, some mental health struggle that led to some other things. Right. So, mm. um, uh, that, that one touched me that way, you know, your, your first sentence touched me. So, uh, how was that for you? A wave of emotions, right? I think, let me ask you first, how long ago was it? So this was December of 2015. So this was a while okay, so ago. I've, I've had some time. Seven years. Okay. Yeah. I've had some time to, to work through what the event meant for me and how I could take the event and turn it into something good. But the story is, so this was right after Christmas. This was December 27th of 2015. Okay. So not like a any, lot, right? Right after the holiday. Big time. I received this text. My phone goes off and it was from one of our good friends saying, hey, Tim's been shot. Now, obviously a, a pretty intense text to receive from one of your friends. And in that moment, of course, this just wave of emotions comes over you. You know, going to all of these places of worst case scenario. And I thought to myself, hold on, let, let me take a, a, te- a step back and not go to this catastrophic ending. You know, he was an avid uh, outdoorsman, fishing, hunting, the whole nine yards. Being up here in New England, pretty pretty common. And I thought to myself, you know, maybe he had shot himself. There was an accidental discharge, maybe in the leg or the arm or something like that. And it had to have been five or 10 minutes that had passed, which felt like eternity. And this friend had said, no, you know, Tim, he he's taken his own life. And in that moment, I remember just dropping the phone and staring down at it like, this can't be real. This can't be happening. And I had just seen him Thanksgiving. He had come over to my parents' house and you know, seemed fine. And so there were so many things that just didn't make sense, that didn't align. And that made it way more difficult to try to understand because as humans, we search for answers. We want answers for everything. There's got to be a reason, right, that this thing happens. And it was two years before I really understood how to kind of navigate those emotions. And one of the best things that I can suggest for anybody, I don't care where you are in your life, how manly you think you are, whatever the case might be, the title you put on it, therapy is probably the best thing you can do for yourself because you get to understand you, more of you. And some of these situations where notoriously as human beings, we like to bury shit. And eventually the bump in the rug gets so big that you trip over it and you smack your face on the ground. And so- I spent, like I said, a couple of years really understanding the event and asking myself a major question. This event, how can I turn this into something good? And that's exactly what I did with the pod. Man, you said so many things there that, uh, God, I love uh, one, therapy. Mm. Uh, I'm an avid seven years now, every week with my therapist this seven year old lady now who i just adore like i I probably love her as much as i love almost anybody in the whole world Mm. Uh, and it's weird because the relationship is so different right like you know very little about them you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you don't know what they did this weekend you don't know what they did yesterday you don't know what they did the hour before and you don't ask right right like you know yeah uh, 
And she, yeah, I love her. She loves me. So, uh, yeah, I'm an avid therapy. Love it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, even when you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even, even when you're, for me, it's the best when I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Because like you get to figure out these reasons of, okay, why did I not get okay? Cause mm-hmm. like when you're not okay, you're just trying to get the fuck out of not okay. Right. Right. Like you're just like, yeah. okay, this needs to stop. Let me go talk to somebody until this stops. And then I think what most people do with the therapy thing is they just go, okay, I'm better now. Right. Yeah. The chew and screw. Yeah. And then when they're done, you know, they're better now Then you know, a year later, two years later, six months later, okay, I need to go back to therapy rather than just fucking sit there and make it happen every week. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think that is? I think that, so the way that I think about just self-development and therapy and all of this is it's like your lawn. All right. You're going to have to continually mow it every single week. It's going to keep growing and there's going to be weeds in the lawn and it's not going to be as green. It takes maintenance. And I think for many of us, we fall into this place where I'll give you an interesting kind of analogy, right? Chat GPT has been a big thing in the tech world, and I'm driving at a point here. And I bet if you looked up the history of questions, people ask really shitty questions. And I think for therapy, it allows you to zoom out and for someone else looking the outside in to ask better questions. And when we ask ourselves better questions, we get better answers. And most of us struggle a couple for one major reason, actually, that we struggle asking the right questions because deep down subconsciously, we fear that answer. We don't want the answer, right? We don't. And the, the sad reality is this millions and millions of people every single day wake up and they lie to themselves. And I mean that in the most empathetic ways possible. We need to start being open to the truth and not fearing the truth, because the only way that we become the best version of ourselves is when we ask ourselves those hard questions and we're honest with those hard questions. It is not a moment where you're judging yourself. It's, am I really doing myself a disservice every single day? And most of us are doing exactly that, whether it be limiting our beliefs about ourselves. Or going to the job, the nine to five, where our boss treats us like shit. And the reason we actually don't want to change jobs is because we're fearful that our capabilities can't get us another job or or we are not worthy of doing that thing that we've always wanted to do. Scott, I mean, I don't know if you knew, but I think we're best friends now. Um, this is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Jesus. That. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's it's where we're stuck, and I think I think for most of us, uh, it's a male thing, you know. Yeah. Like I I say, the biggest problem we have in the world right now is men. Yeah, you know, we have uh, terribly weak men, hmm. and not in the uh, be a fucking man type of way, right. you know. Yeah, like eh, a little bit of that. Yeah, you know, I think we have a little bit of that going on for sure. Like actual weakness that is that you can just like see but mostly in 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 our inside you know Mm -hmm. uh, of who we are and how we're judging ourselves compared to other men you know because you know i don't have as much money as tim as as gary v or jeff bezos or or you know whatever it is and man these are just so the wrong things to be looking at uh and and good and and not to knock those guys for having money good for them right Mm -hmm. 
what do you think the male problem is that we're seeing all this depression and uh, anxiety and suicide? And I don't think male suicide has ever been even close to as high as it is right now. No, no. Well, so I never like to point my finger at external things because I hate this this victim mentality. It's something that I was guilty of. So I can speak from experience that it doesn't get us anywhere. But I think part of this is I actually brought on, um, I've actually talked to a couple financial can experts. Can I ask you a question real fast? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, when, go for when it. you say external things, like, okay, like, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos having more money than me is an external mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that makes me feel an internal way. So mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm not blaming Jeff Bezos when I say that. So mm-hmm. can you explain what you mean by external things? Because normally when you say external things, it's like, uh, uh, it, it's, you know, I don't even know how to say this, but yeah, it's like, oh, it's somebody, when you said victim, it's somebody else's fault. It's yeah. not Bezos's fault that, that he's Correct. got more money than me. So Correct. what do you mean by this victim mentality, external things before we go on? We, this kind of links back to my lying to ourselves, right? We tell ourselves okay. it's the government. It's my upbringing. It's oh. my parents. It's the fact that I don't have money. It's all of these different things. And we skip over. It's the me part. And guess what that does? That strips us of our power because that means that we are internalizing that other things outside of our control actually control our life, right? And that's where fate and destiny comes in. And I I just talked about this the other day. I think I threw something up on my Instagram where we get those two things confused. We get fate and destiny confused. Fate is, you know, bumping into someone and they're a professional MMA fighter, right? Talking in your kind of world, but destiny or the additional part of fate is that they say, Hey, you want to come watch, you know, one of my fights, right? Destiny is the fact that you actually walk through that door and take action on the opportunity. So it's extremely debilitating when we tell ourselves that all of these things are laid out for us and we control none of it then we are hopeless. And hope is the one thing that is so flammable in our lives. And if we strip ourselves of hope, then that means we are then saying that, yes, these external factors are the only thing that can get me there. And that is scary as shit. That is putting a giant weight on our leg and it's really hard to move. This is, yeah, I mean, not not to switch to religion, but that this is my really, like, this is, there's two things that make me not be able to get get down like in a religious way with with you know in all of the this design in all of the uh the ways that have been told to us already with God yep. is 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 that and like you know like well if it's not my fault and there's this fucking major plan for me well then fuck it I'll just whatever you know yeah. and then yeah. kids and cancer I, I, those are the two things I I can't I can't reconcile mm-hmm. um, and, and you can't get me on the fucking talking snake mm-hmm. and that's why we have and that's why we have original sin that's that that says you know mm-hmm. that it's that kid over my neighbor's kid you know um this is a hard thing though for people man yeah you know this is a really really fucking hard thing uh because a, i i love jocko's book extreme ownership mm. because it is your fault and and if mm-hmm. it is your fault then you can fix it like if it's somebody else's fault like, like you said, you're totally fucked. Like if it's mm-hmm. God's fault, if God is doing this to you, you know, and, and he's omnipotent and, and, and everything you're fucked, but you can't beat him. Like mm-hmm. there's like, 
and I'm not saying I don't believe in a God, right? But like, you can't beat that dude. He, it is impossible. He is undefeated Hmm. by the definition of him. So what, you know, how do we, how did we get so stuck here? Well, uh, again, I think it links back to that, the fact that we lie to ourselves, but I think let's look back in history, right? What does every individual in history or nation want? They want power, power. right? There's power this, dr- yep. There's this driving desire inside each of us to want power, and so we can elicit that power in ourselves, right? That means again, there's opportunity, there's hope, and I think many of us just get pummeled with this idea that we are not capable of finding that hope or driving towards that power. We turn on the news. Oh my God, there's a horrible event happening in another county in a flood that has nothing to do with your fucking life. Nothing to do. And so what do you commit to? You commit to that thing being your entire world rather than looking inward at yourself. And it is freeing and empowering that power piece when we actually look inward and say, I am uh, able to do this thing. And the funny thing about this is all we need to do is we don't need to create a a brush fire, a forest fire. All we need to do is light a spark. So I think for most of us, it's just about lighting the spark, right? It's almost like, you know, let's say a lot of fearful individuals are in a room. They're in the dark. All you can see is kind of the glow in their eyes. And you open up the door and everybody in the room looks at you and they gasp because they're like, how did you get in here? And you're like, well, the door wasn't locked. I just, I just let myself in. Do you guys want to, do you want to come out? Like there's light out here. There's opportunity out here. There's other things on the other side of the door. It's just a matter of you grabbing the handle, right? Back to that destiny piece. And all you need to do is open that first door, that first door, asking that girl out that you've always wanted to ask or taking the speaking gig or starting the business you've wanted to start or just doing a simple piece of it. It's the same premise of building habits, right? In order to build successful habits, we don't need to change our whole life around. No, we start by doing one fraction of that habit. And I think opportunity, hope, power, all of these things starts from one simple action. I told my my kids are into basketball uh, and over the weekend, uh, I have one kid that's ridiculously athletic and he mm-hmm. can just turn it on. He can just turn it on when he wants to. Right. Which is all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I have another kid who's very skilled, but not that athletic. Mm-hmm. And he runs up and down the court slow sometimes just jogs when, not when he, uh, you know, when they're bringing the ball up mm-hmm. when it doesn't matter and it drives me nuts. And I said to him, I was like, Hey dude, can we try something different? And he's like, what? I'm like, sprint everywhere. Mm. Run as hard as you can everywhere. And then watch what happens to your game. Mm. And next thing you know, he's getting loose balls. Easy, easy layups. Mm. Right? Easy just buckets because that ball just drops to him, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you see, and now you you got six quick points. So now you think you're scoring. Mm. Your confidence does what? Your confidence starts to to grow. Yeah, you know, you make another shot. You make a hard shot because your confidence is high, and then all of a sudden you think you're unbeatable. And then I said to him, and then look in your last game, what happened? He's like, well, I went seven for ten for three, and I may scored thirty five. And I was like, yeah, you think that was because you were playing well that game? He was like, well, yeah, I played well that game. I was like, how'd you fucking get there? Mm. 
I was like, rewind it somewhere. Where is the, where is the impetus of this? Where is where is where is that spark that you just talked about? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I ran hard. I was like, that was it. Something super simple. Yeah. Right. And that's what you're talking about here is do the simplest thing possible right now. Yep. Right. Do the simplest thing that you can do right now and then watch how it changes your life. The problem is, and this is where I think the problem is uh, with, with this line of thinking is, um, you know, when you're 13, like my kid and playing in basketball, you get the, you can get the result really fast. You, he got the result all in the same day, right? All in the same day, everything happened for him. When we're talking about your life, because uh, how old are you, Scott? I'm 32. Because you got 30 years of fucking doing it the other way. Yeah. It doesn't happen right now. <laughs> no, no. You know? And that's why it's critical. I think, you know, we can look at any area of our life, right? Going mm-hmm. to the gym, right? You didn't walk in all of a sudden with your biceps blown up or, you know, uh, um, you know, abs, right? It takes continual effort. And you're 100% right. When we are, well, there are actually many things, right? I I love technology, but we now live in a world where we get instantaneous feedback. Oh, we post a photo of ourselves, someone likes it or someone comments. Those are all these constant dopamine hits, right? And so I think the best thing that we can do, whether we're young, I mean, age is just a number. I I really don't actually care about age. I said you're you're leveling up, right? I just got I'm at I'm at level 32 right now. You're at level 40 or whatever. You either get old or die young, man. And these are the 100%. only two options in this game. Like there's yep. no other option. When you were born, you got a death card, you yep. know? So you either get old or die young. Correct. And on these feedback loops that you're talking about that are that are really, really short. So I think it's up to the age of seven, actually. I was talking, I interviewed a neuroscientist, but the linkage in your brain, it's got these like slippery highways And the reason for those slippery highways, if you will, is to transmit information extremely fast. Because in the wild, if our, let's say we're a deer and our parents die, we needed to absorb all of this information in order to survive, right? And now, of course, we're not a deer and we're not living in a world where like, you know, uh, we're in a cave somewhere. Life has severely changed. But we get these kit. We get these continuous. But we are made like that, loops. though. That's how 100%. we're made. It's wired. We're wired. That yeah, way. it's wired. So, we are wired that way. Yeah. So that is one thing we cannot change, right? And this is what I love about focusing on control versus not control. So if we're wired that way, then the question becomes: How do we work with the technology that we've been built with, right? And for I think a lot of us, what is important is to go on dopamine cleanses, right? So not using your phone certain times of the day. You know, understanding why do you actually like just mindlessly scrolling on social media? Why do you zone out at at Netflix, right? on Netflix, right? Understand and ask yourself better questions and actually take the time to separate yourself from as many of those quick response and feedback loops that you can because that is where we get clarity that's where we have creativity and that's where our brain actually gets to expand, right? That's where we actually absorb knowledge. And many of us get caught in this loop, right? We're exhausted from our nine to five or whatever we're doing, or we're miserable. We come home, we sit in front of the TV, we watch a TV because we're escaping, right? And then an ad comes on and then we go on social media and we scroll that again. It's this continual loop of crap that we get ourselves stuck in. So I think for many people, it's 
understanding the technology that we're equipped with, and then leveraging the resources we do have to build habits not to feed into those things. We all know this. Mm-hmm. There's no one that doesn't know this. Why aren't we doing it? We because we all like, like, a, it, go ahead. Because yeah. it's easier for us to point fingers and be the woe is me person. It's easier for us to blame other things or those external things that I was talking about than to point at ourselves and say, I am not giving myself the opportunity. I am not giving myself the area, the water, the resources, the ecosystem to actually become the person I want because we're fearful of the potential outcome. And it's been programmed in us over the years. Do you think we're fearful of the outcome or do you think we're fearful of failing at it? We're fearful. When I say fearful of the outcome, we're uncertain of the outcome. So we're fearful of it, right? We don't know what the outcome is because we've never experienced the outcome, which links back to what we were talking about earlier and just doing one little thing. So you get a taste of what that thing is. And I was going to touch on this earlier, but it's kind of like finances. Many people do not have financial knowledge. Well, why is it that they don't have financial knowledge? Well, our education system does a really shitty job of actually teaching us it. And our parents and grandparents did not absorb that knowledge too as well. So they didn't inevitably pass it down. So we need to go hunting for that information on our own, which again is a control. It's well within our ability, but it's this continual programming. So I feel there's a certain point in your life when you realize these things that you start to deprogram. And then you start to build back up your programs, right? Like building up your self-image, understanding how you can build goals and habits, how you can ask yourself better questions, right? It's this programming and then deprogramming and then reprogramming in order to be happy in life. And it's embedded in all of us. It's really interesting how you bring up the financial piece because yeah, no, no one gets taught that. No, no. I got a credit card when I was 18 years old when I moved to college and I was like, oh, look at this free money. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. They it's, sent me like 30 of them. As soon as you move to college, the credit card company sends you, you know, 30 credit card companies are like, here you fucking go, dumbass. Yep. Yep. There's a really good book um, called uh, Brave New Work. I have it over here. Aaron Dignan. Um, and it's really good for those building a business. But there's a, a piece at the end that I think is really interesting. And it's the irony of and this is not knocking our educational system. I have a few teachers in our family, but um, the irony in that, hey, you need a hall pass in order to go to the bathroom, but yet you can drive a car at 16, obviously, depending your state in, the, the state you're right. in. And so these sure. things are imprinted. And I'm not saying there's some like evil person behind the scenes setting this up. No, I'm not a fucking conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying facts that a lot of the things that we should be taught are not being taught. We're still reading the scarlet letter. Uh, in in school, right? There's an outdated system that we live, and many people just fall in line like troops to those things and think so that think that academic system is what's really going to guide us in life. And then we step out into the real world, and it punches us, it uppercuts us, and we find, holy shit, I do not have the resources I actually need to survive in this world. And it, that is what I think drives a lot of this initial lack of courage and this mindset of, I don't think I'm capable of doing this because we we've never done it before. And part of that's just experiencing life. Right. And our parents aren't doing us, you know, parents now are not doing children uh, a service as well because we protect them so much. Correct. And uh, 
there's a difference between supporting your child. So we have our first kid actually coming March 3rd. Super excited about it. Thank you, man. And, you know, I've thought a lot about being a father figure. And, and one of those things that I, that continually clicks into my head is where's the point where it's too much, right? Because what we do as even friends or, you know, coaches, uh, not all of us, but is that we want to prevent someone going through the trauma, whatever that may be, right? Because we think we're helping them. And the irony in it is that in order for us to have found out that, we needed to have gone through those things ourselves. And so it's this kind of catch-22 for a lot of people that it's critical. And I'm not saying that we should avoid experiencing these things. It's really good to understand as a friend, as a coach, as a teacher, as a parent, you know, where's that line of giving just enough to let them plant the seed and water it themselves and where you just are watering it, fertilizing it and giving it sun. Well, the hard thing is, is it switches, right? You're going to have this child on March 3rd or 4th, you said. Third, yeah. Third, right? You know, so you're going to have this child on March 3rd and you have to do everything. Right. Like you, you, it can't do anything. It, it literally can't feed itself or wipe its own ass. Yep. Right. Like, so you, you literally have to do every single thing to keep this, this blob basically mm-hmm. that is called a baby alive. It doesn't right. like you. Uh, it won't smile at you. You're even going to think about throwing it out the window. Uh, <laughs> and I only know that from experience and one of my sure. really good friends saving my life. Like I was literally depressed on a couch one day yeah. and one night and he was over and he's like, dude, what's the matter? And I was like, man, I'm just the biggest piece of shit in the world. And he's like, why? And I'm like, man, I walked into his room last night and I was like, I, I, I literally thought about chucking him. And he was like, oh, everyone does that. Yeah. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, I did that with all my kids. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, man. Like I just got instantly better, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it shifts. It's a moving target, Mm -hmm. right? It's this moving target that can be very difficult. And there's this video, uh, and you know, I guess I'm tooting my own horn here a little bit. There's this video that we have that comes up on my Facebook feed often of me making my kids put the dishes away. And me having to stand there and do it because my youngest is two, right? He's Mm. two and a half, maybe three. Mm. And he can do it, right? He Mm -hmm. drops them sometimes and they break. And I got to tell him where to put every fucking fork away. (laughs) Even though he just did it, even though he just did it, right? Mm -hmm. It's a pain in my ass. It's easier for me just to do it. right? And I think we fall in into the parents a lot. It's easier for me just to protect them so that we can move on and get the other shit that we have to get done done. But we're robbing them. We're robbing them of the difficulty of putting the dishes away. Yep. And yep. they need to learn that skill because if they don't put the dishes away, then they're not going to have to do their homework. And if they don't have to do their homework, right? When they don't want to, then they're not going to have to go to school. And then if they're not, right? And if they don't have to go to school, then they're not going to learn how to do shit that they don't like to do. Yeah. And this is the number one skill I think for a human being is you have other than a uh, uh, hard skill, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. not soft skill. You have to learn how to do shit. You don't like to do. Yep. Yeah. Right. Michael Jordan's the, in my opinion, is the greatest basketball player we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to shoot 10,000 shots every day. He wanted to be the best basketball player, but we all would. If I told you right now, you could be the best basketball player in the world. Would you take it? Yeah. Of course you fucking would. 
Yeah. Right. Of course you would. But now I tell you that takes 10,000 shots every day from the time that you're eight years old. You don't right. want to do that. Right. Nobody does. Mm -hmm. There's the difference. Yeah. And it starts with, and for me, in my opinion, it starts with something like the dishes. Yeah. Right. It starts with something like the dishes where they have to fucking do it. There's there's something that you're touching upon here. So I uh, I interviewed <coughs> Alan Stein Jr. He's a high performance coach. He actually yeah, uh, I, worked I with. Okay. Basketball, um, basketball coach. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He worked with Kobe, Steph Curry, yep. so on and so forth. And you know, there's something I think it was Kobe that that said to him, and it was, "I never forgot the basics. Never forgot the basics." And I think for many of us, this is where discipline comes in. If you look mm -hmm. at any successful person, not just in, in sports, right? We're not talking just like Serena Williams or Kobe or any of these individuals anywhere. It's just the easiest right? analogy, I think. Yes, 100%. It, it's discipline. It's those simple things that we may not enjoy on the daily, but we have the understanding of the long-term reward by being disciplined. And I think that when... You know, I my podcast is called The Motivated Mind. But if we think about motivation, right? Motivation is it's an emotion, right? So that means it comes and goes, it flows, right? Discipline is something that every single day, if you're just, you know, running every morning, doing sit-ups or, you know, continuing to do the thing, whatever that thing may be, you will get where you need to go. And then that kind of links back to what we were talking about on hope. But along the lines of that discipline, you get inbounds of this is working, right? I, I may not be where I need to go, but I've seen progress. And I think that's why it's really important for a lot of people too, to just, this is the only time I say to look backwards, to see where you've come, right? You're climbing a huge mountain. I do a lot of hiking. You used to live up in the White Mountains. It can be very defeating if you're always looking at the summit. Like, holy shit, we've got another 4,000 feet in elevation to climb. Yeah, but it's like, we already went 2,000 feet already. That's progress, yeah. baby. And you know what that means? What's another 2,000 feet, you know? And I think it is one of the most powerful things. I'll give you a quick story. So for those that are familiar with New England, specifically in New Hampshire, there's uh there we have the White Mountains. And there's this area of Franconia Notch where the wind that comes through, we're right by Mount Washington, has some of the worst weather recorded on the planet. Yes, sometimes worse than Mount Everest. It is horrible, and it's because of the weather pattern that comes through there. Well, back in high school, uh, I had an English teacher. She was loved the outdoors. She actually climbed Mount Washington to, to raise money, and she decided to take 20 of us on this hike in the middle of winter. It's probably like January, February time period, and climb up in the middle of the White Mountains. And no, this wasn't on, on Mount Washington. And I remember we've got these huge, heavy backpacks on us. There's 20 of us. It's snowing like crazy because it's always snowing in the winter up there. And I remember just every step taking, you just sunk up to your hips or chest, depending where you were on the trail. And you can't really see the trail. It's just an open area, if you will, of deep, deep snow. And I remember quarter into this hike thinking to myself, holy shit, if this is how the rest of the hike is going to go, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I remember looking back behind me and there was probably 10 or 12 of part of that group going up and them just every step was this struggle and you could see that they were thinking is this where i call it quits and there's a point where your body almost gets numb where you're like i've already made it this far this is this is easy now and i remember we got to base camp and she took the rest of our group or whoever wanted to to summit and 
you know, even after all that struggle, I was like, I, I want to do this. I want to see if I can do this. And I was proving my thoughts in that moment, that disbelief that I couldn't do it. I was trying to prove myself wrong. It was a competition with myself. And I think if we're going to compete with anybody in life, compete with yourself. It's pretty amazing. It's yeah. It's a one, it's a one versus one game and there ain't nobody else playing. No. You know, and, and we do yeah. this thing, you know, when you talk, when you talk about this subject of competing with yourself, like, man, if we were all starting in the same point, then okay, compare yourself to somebody else. Right. But we're not. Yeah. Nobody's starting in your point. You only you are. Because nobody, they didn't have the same parents as you and the same life experience as you, even if it was good. I'm not talking good and bad and all, right? Like this, yeah. this drastically changes the game. It's a one-on-one -on -one game. And, you know, get, getting back to your discipline thing, uh, motivations of feeling, discipline's a choice. And the, and the fact in making the choice that you make the choice to have discipline mm -hmm. is, is what is so powerful about it, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and motiv motivation's like a feeling. It's like happy and sad. You know, like when you open your eyes in the morning and you're happy, you didn't do anything for that. Right. Like in that initial instant, mm -hmm. when you open, when you're open, you know, last night in the middle of the night, I woke up and I had some anxiety. Mm. I didn't fucking do anything. Like I, 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 I was probably like in the middle of some weird dream. I don't, I don't know. I woke up, my stomach was nauseous. I had no control over that feeling. I got to control what I did next. And, and you know, I had some discipline. <laughs> it was what I would like to say is I know how this rolls. I get up, I have to watch some TV on my phone to get myself out of it. Mm. Uh, so that I focus on something rather than just sit there in a dark room going, Oh shit. Oh shit. You know? Mm. So, um, but those are choices that we have and whether the phone thing is a good thing or not, it, it's my thing. You yeah. know, it's, it's my thing to get myself out of it at four 30 in the morning. So the, the so the feelings are feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I think we need to be very aware of our feelings. Right. And if for some reason you're waking up with anxiety every fucking morning, okay, now you got to do something about this, you know, but on each individual morning, you still have a choice of what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important delineation that you just made, right? You know, there's nothing wrong with feelings and emotions. Actually, it's a fact that they last, the chemical of an emotion lasts about six to seven seconds. And that means if that we hold on to it longer, then we're choosing to hold on to it longer, right? Someone cuts us off. We flip out. We're like Dennis from Always Sunny or something like that, smashing the steering <laughs> wheel. Well, guess what? <laughs> you have chose to hold on to that emotion, that feeling. Now, the important thing in that moment is to recognize it and understand where it came from. And then you can let it go, right? That's it. But they are important identifiers to understand, right? And that's the better question piece that we were talking earlier. Ask yourself better questions, get better answers. Why is this happening, right? Maybe it's your nighttime routine. I'm not saying you specifically, but yeah, you yeah, do have sure. anxiety. Maybe it's our nighttime routine. Maybe it's the fact that we fear because we haven't got tomorrow ahead of tomorrow, right? So we push it off. We go to bed with anxiety. This is where a lot of people get that thing that you've heard of probably called the Sunday scaries, right? There was actually a way to mitigate that by prepping for tomorrow. So you wake up, you know exactly the mission, and then you follow through on the mission. And that's a discipline piece too as well. What was your reasoning for doing for doing your podcast and speaking out on this? And, and I know, you know, your friend, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and his suicide. Mm -hmm. 
but fuck man the podcast space is so packed and you you know god thinking why like that you could actually make a difference could be very and i'm not saying you i'm not i'm just sure yeah advocate here yeah yeah right like why 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 sit down on a, on a microphone and start talking so a couple of things right in 2018 podcasts weren't what they are today right so in in during covid i think in just one year 2020 2021 there were over a million new podcasts that wasn't the case when i started however let's just play out this idea that even when i started there were still millions of podcasts there are more podcasts started than there are new listeners that are jumping on spotify right and i don't know if that's changed that might be a year old fact but nonetheless i thought to myself this through my experience through that trauma when I was, you know, what we're talking about at the beginning, I asked myself a question, could I take this moment, this thing that happened in it, could I turn it into something good? And I enjoyed the experience of learning how to see this as something powerful, that I wanted to share that message with the world. And I asked myself, how can I do that at scale? Okay, I could start a newsletter, or I could do any of these things. But I looked at my strengths and weaknesses. I always enjoyed writing when I was in uh, high school, and I actually have a newsletter, but uh, speaking is is the thing that I enjoyed. You know, my parents, when I was younger, even though I didn't let this define me, were always like, you're either going to become a salesperson or a fucking politician. I'm sure shit wasn't going to become a politician. And I just know that I- That's I, how you really make a difference in the world is you join the Democratic <laughs> or the Republican Party, and then you make a difference. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. And so I decided that, okay, well, if I'm good at articulating complex things into in more simplistic format, that most people should be able to understand if I do my job right, that I landed on podcasts. And I don't ever- you know, I, I think there's a good question to ask, am I playing the right game? And for me, that was the right game. I, I said to myself, if this doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I tried, but I didn't think about the downside of it. Like, oh, if I do this, there's, you know, 8 million, like overanalyze it. That's not something that even crossed my mind because I didn't give a shit about it because I was more passionate about getting my message out. So it was irrelevant how hard of a hill that was going to be. If you're like, listen, I want to climb this fucking mountain and you are passionate about climbing, you're going to get to the summit. No if or ands or buts about it, right? If there's inclement weather, okay, you try again. But I never thought of the alternative that, oh, the podcast isn't going to get big. And when I hit that 3.7 million download metric, I was, holy shit, this is amazing. And it was because of discipline and it was because of the fact that the only vision I had was being successful at it. That's it. That's it. And if I just kept straw, if I just kept going at that target, well, then inevitably something's going to have to give. It's either going to be me or it's going to be this thing. And it sure as shit isn't going to be me because I gave myself a promise and I promised, you know, to my friend post event that this is what I was going to do. And I don't break promises. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to follow through because that means a lot to me. My character means a lot. That was a really great answer. Thanks, man. I don't know what to say to that other than good answer. Thank you. I got a couple more questions here as we close the podcast. Um, it's along the same lines. I don't think like, uh, I don't know. I, I get a thousand downloads an episode, 2000, you know, let's say 10,000 who fucking cares. Right. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't really move the needle for me or you, you know, Correct. <laughs> uh, you, you know, uh, yep. 
we're not, I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not Ferris, you know, this podcast, you know, you're not, you're not getting on Jocko, you know, or any of these major, major podcast platforms, you know, mm-hmm. and you're a busy dude and you got your own podcast, man. So why take the time to come on my podcast? And this is not like a toot my horn thing, right? Like mm-hmm. we're all busy is, is my question here. Yeah. And you know, we, we will, we'll say yes to anybody. You want to sit down with the president, even if you don't like him, you'll say yes to it because right. he's the fucking president. Right. But we're just two normal fucking random dudes that are, you know, have headphones and a microphone. So why take your, why take an hour out of your day on a Thursday morning to sit down and talk to me? This goes back to your comment around downloads. It's about impact, right? It's about legacy. I think for me, I know for me, and if I can get my message out to your audience and one person decides to not hurt themselves or one person says, I'm worthy of asking this girl out or I am going to be the best father that I can be, then I've done my job. I've done my thing. And I'm sure you get this, but there is nothing more rewarding on this planet than when I receive a message from someone that said, hey, I was suicidal. I've been listening to your podcast for a year and it completely changed my life. I had a nurse that I, I think I posted this on Instagram a couple of years back that was completely exhausted. She was down on herself, didn't think there was hope. She was so exhausted that she was driving home, talking to her mom, passed out in the wheel, went through an intersection and hit a building. And, you know, she went to doctors and therapists and just nothing was working. And she started tuning into my podcast and she said, I just needed to completely look at life differently and start over and go down a different path. And it was your podcast that got me there. And it was like, wow, we have the ability to speak in a microphone that is then collected through audio, put into someone's ear, and it can change their life. It can change the person that they become or the way they treat someone else, maybe their wife, their husband, the person they cross on the sidewalk, or take the hour to talk to someone. And that, to me, elicits so much excitement. So me jumping on this podcast, the reason is, one, I can change someone's life. Number two, I myself can learn something. Life is an exchange of value. It's not dollars. So me sitting here with you, I'm learning things from Elliot. Elliot's learning things from Scott and your audience is learning from both of us. And to me, that's fucking amazing. That's a special thing that I think we just take for granted. Yeah. It's, money's cool. You know, money's cool. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not broke. Uh, I don't think you yeah. look broke either. Yeah. So uh, it's nice to have money, right. Yeah. When you can go to dinner and stuff, but uh, time and, and impact are so much better. Yes. My whole, I can remember when I was struggling at my deep, in my deepest point, uh, I just focused on teaching jujitsu and Mm. teaching the best class that I could. And I was like, man, it's, and sure, I have all these accomplishments, right? Jiu-Jitsu champion, fought in the UFC, yada, yada, whatever. But it was actually my privilege as, you know, anyone that anyone would come spend an hour and a half learning jujitsu from me a day. Cause they can do a host of so many other things, right? Like, like, and they can go to other jujitsu schools. So if they're going to come to my class at my school, well then shit, I better not waste their fucking time. Yeah. Right. I better not waste their time and I better teach them badass jujitsu, but more importantly, I better have some impact on their life. Mm. You know, I better, I better do something that makes their life incredibly better. 
Hmm. And when I, when I personally made that shift, Scott, my class blew up. Hmm. I went from teaching 10 people to 60. Yeah. You know, and that, yeah. that was, that was a major, major shift for me because you know, when, when you're good at things and I was good at fighting and good at jujitsu, you start to be like, uh, it's my, it's their privilege to come learn from me. Mm, right. Because your you're head. good. Yeah. Right. You're good. You, you are good, you know, and you're like, I'm going to show cool shit. And then, but, but that line of thinking sucks, mm. you know, cause yeah. you get all egotistical and now you have to be better than people mm-hmm. and you can crumble, you know? So it's what you said, time and impact. You yeah. know, and and the learning thing because I get to learn from my students. That's, yeah, that's your so. And um, and you're you're so on point with that. I think when when you shift and you can stay, some of the most successful people I've met have been the most humble people in the world, and I admire the fuck out of that. I'm like, money never got to their head, fame never got to their head. They're just a human being, right? That classic saying: they get dressed the same way, one leg at a time, right? And I think that is that is so amazing to me when you see people that are so humble like that and actually take the time. Time is our most valuable asset. No matter how wealthy we are, where we grew up, what country we live in, you cannot buy more time. And so the question then becomes is, how do you want to optimize that time? And it's only for that person to define and say how they want to optimize that time. And I think that's the million dollar question for people that they should ask themselves. There was a movie. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Ryan Gosling was the star where time, you, you, you saw your time on, it was on your wrist. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right. And every time you did a transaction, it, that transaction yeah, was based off time. time. Yeah. The, the yeah. plot of that movie is so fascinating. So, so fascinating. fascinating, right? Yeah. Because fuck yeah. money at this point, right? Fuck yeah. money. Yeah. Because like you got the only way to get rich was with time. Yeah. And the more time you tick down. Yeah. Right. Right. And then you lose it too, right? You could do yeah. something to lose it. So yeah, yeah it was, you know, and I agree with, but, but that is our life. We yeah. just don't know the time. We don't know when that ticker is is up. Correct. Correct. So my uh, wife, she works in healthcare. She specifically works with older individuals. And something that has, I think, helped my perspective in life is we start, and not all of us, but many people start the same way as they end. Meaning you're born in a diaper, a blob, your brain function isn't extremely high. And then most people let their bodies go and then they end back up in a in a diaper. And it's horrible. It's very, very sad to see. And you go out this horrible way. And that's a majority of people. And I remember mm-hmm. this was four years ago, I think I did a Toastmaster event. And this random guy that I that that was at that event did a speech. And he looked extremely healthy, but he was definitely older. I just couldn't pinpoint the date. I was just so curious. Go up to him after. And I'm like, man, first, wonderful speech. Number two, dude, you look like a million fucking bucks. How old are you? He's like 75 years old. It was either 75 or 80. And this dude was jacked. He was fit. He looked happy. Like everything about him just oozed excitement. And I said, what's uh, what's your secret, if you will? I'm sure you get that question all the time. He goes, I just don't let myself think that I'm getting old. And that's exactly what I coach other people that it's all a mind game, man. It is all a mind game. And I thought that that game of chess was something that I wanted to play in life. I wanted to play the mind game that, that that's chess for me, you know, thinking six moves ahead. That's, that's exciting. Uh, On a similar note, before I ask the last question, my, uh, one of one, a coach in MMA got, uh, was just diagnosed with cancer Hmm. and 
uh, I was talking to one of his fighters and his fighter said to him, he's like, Hey man, look, you got diagnosed with cancer Thursday. Let's just, I don't, I don't remember what day it was, but to say a random day, Thursday, mm-hmm. he goes, Tuesday, you felt fucking fine. You just happened to go to the doctor on Thursday. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you feel like shit. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been long enough for you. Right. Like there, there's yeah. really nothing different. It's this. Right. Right. It's, it's this that's fucking with you. And, and I'm not faulting anybody for that fucking with you. Right. Like, yeah, sure. But sure. It, it just goes to that, that what you just said, it, it's, it's your mind. Like, do you really feel like shit or, mm. you know, or yeah. are you letting the circumstance of your life? And, and I, uh, again, I fault nobody for getting a cancer diagnosis and sure. feeling like shit. But for most of us, in most of our situations, we don't really feel like shit. We're, we're letting this fuck with us. Hundred percent. Right? Letting you know? so. Um, last question. I believe everyone in the world has a unique power that they go out and they give to the world, mm-hmm. and then the world gives them so much in return. When you can figure that power out, mm. what's yours? I would say my superpower is articulating to people that there is hope for them, that there is a shimmer and light. It's cracking through their wall. So I think that my superpower is allowing to, you know, the Pixar light that hops mm-hmm. on the eye or whatever the hell it is and shines a light. That is me shining a light through their wall and they see a crack in the wall and they go, holy shit, there's stuff beyond this wall. And that means I can move that wall. And so I think my superpower is that I am able to provide light and hope to people. And then they take that seed and they can water it on their own. And that's it. You and I have the same superpower. Uh <laughs> That's my, that, you know, and and you said this thing about power early on, Mm. on, on our, in our talk. And, uh, I read, I didn't want to say anything till now to the end, because I end with power. Mm. It's the, it's the number one thing, right? It's the, it's, if you have this, we all do, we all have something in us. Mm -hmm. It's, can you harness that fucking thing? Can you figure it out? And, you know, we talked about sports early and Michael Jordan, right? Like, yeah, Michael Jordan's was basketball. Mm-hmm. And that brought him riches and fame beyond anyone's wildest belief, right? He's probably, him and Obama are probably the most famous humans alive right now. But yours might not. And that's okay too, right? Your Yours might just bring you a nice family and a nice house or mm-hmm. a good friend, or I, I don't know what it will bring you, but it's going to bring you the greatest gift what the world gives back is just so amazing Yeah, when you find it. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Elliot Marshall about finding and harnessing our power. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a legacy division.